Welcome to this new episode of the Dare to Hope podcast. I'm Keith Hinton, and I want to ask you a question. Do you ever get stressed out? It's pretty easy to do these days, isn't it? With social, economic, and political turmoil all around us, one might begin to wonder if things are hopeless. In the midst of it all, we could find ourselves experiencing personal unrest about what the future holds. For the most part, we all plan for the future to some extent, like putting upcoming events on the calendar, such as doctor's appointments or vacation plans. However, none of us can really see into the future, and that can lead us to some hesitancy about how things may turn out weeks, months, or even years from now. In the 23rd Psalm, David is hanging all of his hopes about his current circumstance and his unfolding future on the five words that begin this beloved passage. He writes, The Lord is my shepherd. Now to the sheep, a shepherd is the leader, the caregiver, the protector, the trusted companion along the road. Today's message is focused mainly on verse 6 of Psalm 23. Making the Lord our shepherd gives us confidence and hope as we walk life's pathway, even in the uncertainty of our current world circumstances. So, let's listen. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Not really. Now, We may know what's on the schedule. We might have our plans all laid out for next week. But in reality, none of us can see any further into the future than right here, right now. Isn't that right? And that really bothers some people. In fact, some people are so uh, intent on that and so focused on that They spend their whole lives worrying about tomorrow, and as a result, they never actually enjoy today. Tomorrow. But for the Christian, the future may not be known, but we know who knows what the future holds, don't we? We know who knows. And that's important, because life can be stressful for all of us. There are all kinds of issues. Pondering what lies ahead can even add to that stress. We, we can get stressed out about the basics of life. We can get stressed out about the busyness of life or the emotions we experience in life. Even the decisions we make or the relationships that are so complicated sometimes. And even our health can cause us to stress out. And then you add to that, what's going to happen tomorrow? And we can really be in trouble. With that in mind, some have embraced Psalm 23 as being somewhat an antidote for all the stresses that we have in life, including the future. The psalm seems to address all of those issues in one way or another. And so I want us to read. I want you to follow along as we read. I think the the passage will be on the screen. We're going to read together this 23rd psalm. I want you to think about the issues that you face in your life. And I want you to imagine how what is being said could impact some of those things that you're facing today. 
The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do you see it? And for me, the summary and the capstone of the whole psalm is found right there in verse 6. As it relates to all those issues we've talked about, it's right there in verse 6. The writer says, Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There's no anxiety. There's no fear of the future. There's no worry about tomorrow. He's confident about what lies ahead. Why? Why can he have that kind of confidence? Because the confidence he has is in the shepherd. He knows the shepherd is confident. He knows that he can trust the shepherd. He knows that what the shepherd says is the truth. And so the shepherd can be trusted and the psalmist can be confident about life because he's following the shepherd. The verse covers both today and tomorrow. It is the assurance that we need for We need to know. We need to know that God is pursuing us. It's the assurance that God's pursuit of what's best for us is ongoing. His interest in us is not waning. His plan for us is not defeated. His future for us is secure. If we know the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, then when He is our shepherd, that verse reveals at least four things that help us to be confident not only about the future, but about today. We can be confident about today, tomorrow, and what lies ahead, his plan for our future. So first notice this. We gain confidence for our future through his attentiveness. We gain confidence for our future because of his attentiveness. He says, surely these things will follow me. First, zero in with me on that word follow. This isn't just a passively follow kind of thing where I'm just following you. And it isn't just following secretly or incognito, you know, like, I'm following you to see if you do something wrong sometime, and I'm going to jump on you when you do it. That's not the kind of follow this is. The word follow here is aggressive. It takes the initiative. Here, follow means to pursue ardently, 
to aim eagerly to secure. God is paying attention to you. He's protecting you. He's watching over you intently. In fact, that's what it says in Psalm 145. The Lord watches over all who love him. He's watching you. Not to see if you do something wrong. He's paying attention to you and to your needs. Psalm 37, beginning at verse 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And that he delights in his way. And though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. I've been young. Now I'm old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. In Psalm 91, for he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands that you do not strike your foot against a stone. Now, that's not saying that he's putting his angels in charge of you. He's giving them a charge. He's giving them a mission. And the mission is to watch over you, to protect you. Another illustration that would help us maybe see it a little more clearly, at least what I have in my mind. How many of you know, or have ever heard of, how many of you know what a sheepdog is? Okay, a sheepdog. A good sheepdog can be a valuable assistant to the shepherd. One sheep farmer has had some observations about that, about his sheepdogs, and he said a good sheepdog will learn where the sheep are likely to be in each field, and he will gather them together calmly and not leave any behind, the sheepdog. A really good sheepdog will even recognize if one or more of the sheep is in difficulty and attempt to draw the handler's attention to the sheep. The farmer continued, he said years ago, Carew, which evidently was one of his best dogs, he said, Carew and I were gathering a large flock of ewes and lambs for our, our uh, landlord. But Carew, the dog, was bringing the sheep along unusually slowly. From a distance, he said, I couldn't make out why. But as they got closer, I began to understand and I saw that one of the very small lambs was lame. And Carew was walking alongside it bringing the entire flock at the pace that that lamb could handle. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what God is doing with goodness and mercy. I know some of you are not quite seeing that, but let me just, let me just tell you that I want to res- let you respectfully call mercy and goodness sheepdogs. In other words, those, uh, that flock is us. We're the sheep. We're following the shepherd. And goodness and mercy are following along to keep us in line. Not to hurt us, but rather to help us keep pace with the shepherd. To keep us safe and in line with him until we finally reach our destination. What I'm saying here is that part of the confidence we can have for today and tomorrow is that God is actively, aggressively, passionately pursuing us in order to be sure we make it. That's good news. 
That's very good news. So what does he pursue us with? He pursues us with those two things I want to talk about next. We can have confidence for the future and for tomorrow because of his goodness. He pursues us through his goodness. Surely, goodness will follow me. A little boy was asked one day if he knew where the Lord lived. He said, yeah, he lives in my bathroom. The Sunday school teacher was a little taken back by that. So she said, well, why do you say that? He said, well, every Sunday morning I hear my dad banging on the bathroom door saying, good Lord, are you still in there? (laughs) Well, the Lord may not be limited to living in your bathroom, but he is good. He is the good Lord. And because he's good, I can expect his provision and I can expect his protection. I can expect that no matter what happens to me, God will bring good out of it somehow. Because God is a good God. What does it mean that goodness will follow me? Obviously, David, the psalm writer, had disappointments in life. Not everything that happened to him was good. He's not saying, surely only good things are going to happen to me. That wouldn't be a true statement. That isn't true. Bad things happen to really good people sometimes. He's saying, however, goodness will follow. Good things will always come out of whatever happens, even the bad, the evil, and the difficult. God will ensure that good will come out of it. Good will follow whatever happens to you. You remember, don't you, the great promise that God gives us in Romans 8, 28? The Living Bible puts it this way. I like it. He says, we know that all that happens to us is working for our good if we love God and are fitting into his plans. Now, that is not a promise for everybody. All things do not work together for good for everybody in the world. These things work together for bad for some people, particularly if they are not following the shepherd. But if you're a believer, the Bible says all things are working together for good. Not all things are good, but working together for good. And that's what it means to say that goodness will follow me. There's no difficulty, there's no dilemma, there's no defeat, no disaster in the life of a Christian that ultimately doesn't end up good when God gets done with it. You can count on that. Eventually, He will bring good out of it. Now let me acknowledge this. Often it is very difficult to see God's goodness when we're going through the tragedy or the bad thing. There are times when we don't feel God is good. I've had those times in my life. I could take you right to several of them right now if we had time. Times when I thought God was not being very good. God's goodness is often hidden at that time. And we only see the goodness when the situation has passed by. And we're on the other side. But here's what you and I need to remember. 
we need to remember that God's goodness is pursuing us. Whether we can see it or not, God's goodness is pursuing us. But there's more. Not only is God pursuing us with his goodness, we gain confidence for tomorrow and for, for, for today and for tomorrow through his mercy. Surely mercy will follow me. He's pursuing us with his mercy. Isaiah 60 and verse 10 says in part from the living translation, the new living translation, I will have mercy on you through my grace. Uh, grace. We've heard about grace. Grace is God's favor. Grace, somebody says, is God's riches at, God's, at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. God's grace leads him to have mercy, and mercy is grace in action. And we need mercy. We need mercy. We are imperfect at our best. We stumble and we fall. We blow it. We make mistakes. We may even sin against God. There's no doubt that we're going to need mercy along the way. And God is pursuing us with his mercy. Mercy means that when I'm going through a tough time, when I'm going through a valley, a difficulty, even one that I brought on myself, God is there to help me out. So what I want you to do is think of mercy as God's help even when we don't deserve it. God's mercy. It's his help even when we don't deserve it. And when we understand God's mercy, we realize then that God isn't trying to get even with us. God isn't trying to punish us for our sins. Jesus has already taken the punishment. He has already paid the penalty for everything you and I have ever done or will do. He paid for it. We don't. The songwriter years ago had it right when he said, Jesus paid it all and all to him I owe. So when something bad happens to you, if you're a Christian, don't think God is punishing you. God is not punishing you. You know how many times I've heard something like that in my years of pastoral ministry? God must be punishing me for this, or God must be punishing me for that. He's not. He already punished Jesus for your sins. God's grace and his mercy means we don't have to fear the future. We don't have to worry about tomorrow. Psalm 103, that's, that's the one that says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And forget not all his benefits. Let me just summarize what that psalm says. I will not forget the glorious things God does for me. Listen, he forgives my sin, all my sin. He heals me. He ransoms me from hell. 
He surrounds me with loving kindness. He fills my life with good things. He is merciful and tender toward those who don't deserve it. He is slow to get angry. He never bears a grudge. He has not punished us for our sins as we deserve because his mercy is as great as the height of the heavens. He is like a father to us, tender and sympathetic to those who reverence him. So... Because of all that, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. When we really get the picture of how God loves us, when you really understand how God loves you, how much he has done for you, how much he pursues you, and how much he has done to show mercy on you, then you realize there's no need to really worry about today or tomorrow. There's one more reason we can be confident about the future that God has for us. We gain confidence for our future through his preparation. For well, that's the next part of the verse. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me and... I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That and is a very, very important conjunction. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me these days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It connects yesterday, today, with tomorrow. Not only will goodness and mercy be my companions throughout my life, but when it's all over, I'm going to heaven too. You see that? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 has some things to say about that. We know that our body will be destroyed. But when that happens, God will have a house for us. It will not be a house made by human hands. Instead, it will be a home in heaven that will last forever. What was that? How long is heaven going to last? How long? Forever. forever. <laughs> Someday your body's going to die, but you aren't. Someday your body's going to come to an end. But you're not going to come to an end. You're going to live somewhere forever. You're going to live in heaven or you're going to live in hell. Both are real places. And we'll spend eternity in one place or the other. The body dies, but we are made to live forever. And why are Christians so confident about the future? Well, because God has given us reason to be. Again, we're still in 2 Corinthians 5. He says, we look forward with confidence to our heavenly bodies. And we are not afraid, but are quite content to die. For then we will be at home with the Lord. Death for Christians is a transfer. It's a promotion. It's on to better things. Someone has said, 
you're not ready to live until you're ready to die. And only a fool would go all through life totally unprepared for something that everybody knows is inevitable. Okay, you and I are going to die someday. But if we've accepted Christ, if he is our shepherd, if we are following him, we're going to go to heaven. We're going to be part of that eternal bliss that he talks about in his word. Now let's go back to that word, surely. Surely. It suggests there is no doubt. It is absolutely certain. We can count on it. In other words, surely if the Lord is your shepherd, he will give you everything you need. Surely, if the Lord is your shepherd, he will give you rest in life's busyness. Surely, if the Lord is your shepherd, he will heal your damaged emotions. Surely, he will direct your life. Surely, he will be with you in the valley. Surely, he will fill your cup to overflowing. Surely, his goodness and his mercy will pursue you. And surely, heaven is your final destination. Surely, it is certain. It's a fact. And if we know him as our Savior, if he is our shepherd, then we can count on it. You know, Jesus told his disciples one day, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am there, you may be also. What, what that says to me is that with all the things that God is giving us in this life, all the blessings that you and I enjoy, all of the grace, all of the mercy, all of the goodness that God pours out upon us day after day after day after day, Jesus is actually saving the best until last. And we can count on it. Our Father in heaven, please help us to see your truth today, to be encouraged by your presence, to be encouraged by your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for pursuing us the way you do. Help us, Lord, to follow you to that destination you have in store for us, that place we call heaven. Whatever your thoughts about the future, if the Lord is your shepherd, the best is yet to come. Thanks for joining us today. If you haven't already, remember to subscribe to the Dare to Hope podcast on your favorite podcast platform. You may learn more about this ministry on our Facebook page or by going to our website at daretohope.life. That's dare, the number two, hope.life. Until the next time, keep daring to hope. Oh, Christ.